We are glad that you joined us today. God wants to do so much for you and through you, and we want to hear about it. If you've been impacted by Fuel Church, share your story with us by emailing mystory at thefuelchurch.com. And to learn more about our worship experiences, visit our website at www.thefuelchurch.com. Thanks again for joining us. We hope you enjoyed today's message. So listen, let's get into the Word of God. And I've come, I believe, with a specific word. I have come not with a hammer to beat you up. I have come with a hand to lift you up this morning. My sole purpose is to inspire you and build your faith and give you hope. Because I believe I'm speaking to a group of people today that have some needs, that have some wants, that have some desires, all right? And you have been walking in limitation. I've come to help you take the limits off. So I'm going to talk to you. It's a really simple message, probably a message you've heard in concept before, but I believe it's a word that we need to be reminded of and we don't hear enough. And I'm going to talk to you about the extraordinary power of expectation. I live by faith. Listen, I live expecting good things to happen to me. I live believing God's going to do what he says he's going to do. Call me old school. I still believe in miracles. I still believe God is a healer. Well, Rob, your daughter's got type 1 diabetes. I still believe that God can do anything. I still believe he's a healer. And I've come to tell you, I don't know what you're up against today. I don't know what you're believing for. You, you know, you may be here. Your car broke down this week. And you're like, man, I have got to get another vehicle. Well, I'm going to show you how you can believe God for that and God can provide for that. And I'm just going to just listen. You can either get this or you can forget this. Tap your hand on your heart. Tap your hand on your head and say, I'm going to get this. Listen, I am going to receive this today. So listen, let's go. Let's, let's, uh, let's go to Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20. I think it's on the screen. You may have it on your version Bible. Or if you know what, if you have a Bible, which those are amazing. There's nothing like the leather-bound edition of the Bible. Most of the people at Gracetown are new Christians, majority of them. And so they all use the iPad or the iPhone. And so I, I decided, I told them a few weeks ago, um, let me know. Send me a text. Send me an email. If you don't have a leather-bound Bible, I'm buying you one. So I'm thinking, let's, you know what? What happens if your phone dies? What are you going to do, right? So if you have an old-fashioned Bible, that's good too. Ephesians 3, 20. Paul is winding up his prayer, which was a lengthy prayer, which was a long prayer. And he's praying to God, and he's praying on behalf of the church of Ephesus. And I love what he prays. You know, some people are so negative that their blood type is be negative. Some people are so negative about life and the situations that when they walk into a room, the lights go out. You know people like that? You know, God never intended for us to be that way. Maybe circumstance, maybe hurt, maybe pain, painful experiences brought them to that point. I hope somehow you take a a seed of the word of the Lord today and let it come into your heart and let it change your heart today. Let it help you and let it build your faith. So here's what Paul says. Now to him who is able. 
Not only is he able, but if you read what Jesus said in the Gospels, he's willing. So he is able and he's willing to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ask. I'm convinced we don't ask. And the reason why we don't ask, because we got in trouble when we were kids for asking. How many, my, I remember my dad, don't ask me again, son. If I told you no, I told you no. So we grew up and we're adults and we're afraid to ask. Because we were always told, no, you can't have that. No, I can't buy that for you. No, we, you think money grows on trees? And so as kids, we've, you know, and they were, they were just going by what they knew. And so we, I'm convinced that nine, ten out of ten of us have trouble asking. I think we don't know how to ask God for what we want. I, I believe we're afraid to ask God for what we want or what we need. I believe because we're afraid he's going to say no, like people said no to us. Maybe disappointments and rejection has brought you to this point where you just, or maybe false humility. That's a good one in religion. Well, the Lord knows what I want, Pastor. He just knows my, he knows what I, open up your mouth and ask. This is revolutionizing my life. I've seen God do things that I've asked for. I'm still asking for some things that he hasn't done yet, but that's not stopping my faith. Okay. But watch this. Him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask. So what are you going to ask God for? Or think. What are you thinking? Okay. According to the power that worketh in us. I want to tell you something. When you come to Christ, there's a power of, of, of God working in you. When you come to Christ and when you receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit... There is a greater power that comes on in the inside of you. Acts 1.8 says you shall receive power after the Holy Spirit comes upon you. There, there's something in you. We don't believe what's in us. We negate what's in us. We, like, we just kind of ignore, well, I was born on the wrong side of the tracks. You don't know who, where I was raised. You don't know what I've been through. But I've come to tell you there's a power working in you. There's something greater in you that's in the world. John said greater is he that's within me than he that's within the world. I wish the church would wake up and realize we've got a power from heaven residing on the inside of us that can shake our circumstances, and turn our world upside down. Now, excuse me, I've got a bodacious, bold personality, raised Pentecostal, and I'm Hungarian. Okay? So I'm a little loud, and I get a little excited. That's okay. I, I say some good things. I astonish myself sometimes. I'm just teasing. The Amplified version says, somebody's going, this guy's nuts. You know, Amplified says this. His power, his power, where is that power at? Is it in heaven? No, it's in you. It's in you. This is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. That was poured out on the day. It's in you. Everyone shout, it's in me. Listen, I don't care who you are, where you came from, what your last name is, what color skin you have, what kind of job you have in, what kind of car you drive, what kind of house and, that you live in. There is something so powerful and so greater on the inside of you. It doesn't matter. Those things don't matter. Hello? That power, his power, 
is able to do super abundantly far over and above all that we dare ask or think. You ready for this? Infinitely beyond our highest prayers, desires, thoughts, hopes, or dreams. What is your hopes this morning? What is your dreams? What are you thinking about? What are you asking God for? Did you put it on the shelf and forgot about it? I can tell you there's not a day goes by that my wife and I don't pray the prayer of faith and speak over Emily for being healed of type 1 diabetes. And we declare from type 1 to type none. He's given us all things to enjoy. By his stripes, we were healed. Well, somebody said, well, Rob, does she she still have diabetes? Yeah. Yeah, her her, her numbers went through the roof yesterday, over 400. Woke up this morning at 6 o'clock this morning. I got the alarm, and it said that her sugar was 40. It's a daily battle, but that doesn't change our faith. That doesn't change our prayer. That doesn't change our belief that God can do super abundantly, exceedingly abundantly above what what I pray for, what I'm asking for, what I'm thinking about, what I'm hoping for, and what I am dreaming for. Can I tell you, you've got to have an expectancy. I read something on the internet the other day. Um, If you don't have any expectations, you'll never be disappointed. How goofy is that? You're supposed to have expectations. That's what faith is. Well, you're going to get disappointed. You know what? Yeah, that's life. Life is full of struggles and discouragement and disappointments. And things don't always go my way. And things don't always turn out like I want them to. But that doesn't take away. I'm still going to believe. I'm still going to have faith. I'm still going to expect And I believe, listen, extraordinary people expect more from life and they'll always almost get it. You don't ever get what you deserve. You get what you expect. Expectation, faith is a magnet for the presence and the power of God. All through the Gospels, Jesus teaches fundamental things about praying. And in the verse that I'm going to give you based on our first point, um, he talks about praying that gets results. He talks about how answers to our prayers can be a reality. Now, that's a struggle for some of us because some of us struggle with doubt. And let me tell you something. It's okay to struggle with doubt. Okay? I think it was Frederick Beekner, the, 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 the Pulitzer Prize winner, Presbyterian pastor and novelist and writer said, it's okay to doubt because they are the ants in the pants of our faith. It will get your faith stirred up, okay? And so we may, we may struggle with the idea that, you mean I can have my prayers answered? Yes, I've come to tell you, God can answer your prayers. What you're hoping for, what you're believing for, what you're praying for can happen. So number one, my first point is this. I'm going to focus on two points. I've actually come with three, but I'm going to focus just on two today. It's simply this. You and I have to believe impossible things are possible. Well, now, for some of us who are realist, man, that messes with us. Because we want to know why, how, give me, give me proof, right? 
I want proof. I'm just going to not take it at face value. I want to tell you, as the believer, as a believer, we are to believe impossible things are possible. What was it that Audrey Hepburn, anybody remember Audrey Hepburn, the gorgeous model, actress, one hand, two hands? You, you can date all of us and we all, act, you know what I mean? Who said impossible is impossible, is not po- possible because it, it basically says, I am possible. And that's what Jesus is saying. Look at, look at Matthew or Mark 11, Mark eleven twenty two. Here it is about the law of faith. Here's what he, Jesus is establishing. He's basically saying, if you ask, if you believe, if you expect God for a particular outcome, whether it's a job, vehicle, home, money, person, healing, whatever it is, it can happen. Because faith is a spiritual force based on this, not based on my feelings. Because my feelings come and go. Sometimes I don't feel like going to church. Hello? Sometimes I don't feel that I have faith. But faith is not based on feeling. Faith is based on the eternal laws of God and those eternal laws of God found in Scripture and found basically on what God says can change things in the natural. There are people here that you had cancer in your body and somebody laid hands on you and prayed the prayer of faith and you were healed. Blew your mind. That's cool. What? Because faith expectation changed that which was in the natural to be different. That's how powerful our expectations are. Listen, at Christmas, my kids' faith level is through the roof. I'm telling you, it is so full of expectation that they go to bed early. Because they know when they wake up in the morning, they know what's going to be under that tree. Now, all my crew, you know, they're at the place now. I, I think they know it's me, right, and mom. But that doesn't change their expectation. Never did change. Didn't, didn't mess them up or anything. They, they come expecting. I'm thinking the Lord showed me one Christmas morning. That's how I want your faith to be. My kids did not doubt that they were going to get gifts. They just knew what they believed for, what they asked for. When they got down and, saw, and started ripping that paper off, what they were expecting happened. What if we had that kind of childlike faith? Isn't that Jesus said something about that? Folks, now look. Look at Mark 11. And Jesus answering them, have faith in God. Now, now he begins to say, this is how you have faith in God. Listen, I'm not preaching anything that your pastors have not preached to you before, okay? But I definitely feel we need to be reminded. Here's what he says, have faith in God. Truly, I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, just for the record, I believe that. 
I had a guy come up to me. I preached this at our church, and he's like, you know what? I don't believe what you're saying, that name it, claim it, blab it, grab it, crap. That's what he said. I said, huh? He said, I don't think it matters what we say, words that we say. He said, even that old adage, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. I never did believe that mess. I said, so you think words don't make a difference? And he said, no. He said, I don't, I don't believe that you can speak what Jesus said you to speak and it, it, it will happen. I said, okay, do me a favor. Your, your wife's here, right? He goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. I said, go back and tell her that she's dog ugly. He said, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm like, why? Words don't matter. I said, you just told me words don't matter. He said, well, I'm talking about how you're saying you can speak to the mountain. I said, well, I didn't say that. Jesus said that. I said, but if you don't think your words matter, let's quit reading poetry. Quit telling your wife how much you love her. Come on, somebody. Quit telling your kids how much you love them. Quit. Words matter. Death and life are in the power of our tongue. By your words, you'll be justified. By your words, you'll be condemned. I said, don't you say words don't matter. Words do matter. Because I could have the week from hell and have everything going wrong that week and I get to church. And all of a sudden, the worship leader is up there and starts singing, Oh, praise the name of the Lord, my... All of a sudden, I start singing it too. And all of a sudden, I start feeling something that I didn't feel during the week. And all of a sudden, I am almost filled with the presence of God. And I forgot about the week that I had. And all of a sudden, while the presence of God came in, faith rose up in me. Why? Because words matter. Sermons matter. I had a young man, I, was at a, I did a youth conference this week in Columbus with Jabin Chavez. And, and, he, and the, a young man came up to me that I prayed for. And he said, you changed my life 16 years ago. He, this guy's married and got kids. I said, what are you talking about? He said, you preached a message at a youth conference 16 years ago that I've never forgotten. I'm like, well, I hope I can remember. What is it? He said, you preached a message called Pound the Ground. And he said, it changed my life. I was backslidden. I wasn't serving God. And he said, you, you, you preached a message that changed my life. I'm married. I got kids. We're, we're, we love God. We're in church. We serve. Somebody tell me don't, the word don't matter. Well, I can skip church. It doesn't make. What do you mean? There may be a word. That can change your life forever. That could change your finances. That could change what's in your body. Yes, the word matters. The word is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. So he says, whoever says to this mountain. He didn't say whine about the mountain. Complain about the mountain. Cuss the mountain. He said, speak to the mountain. Be taken up, thrown into the sea and does not doubt in his heart. But believes that what he says will come to pass. It Will be done. Don't you worry about when. You just be obedient by speaking, by praying, by dreaming, by hoping, by expecting. Leave the results. Leave the answer to God. God, you got this. God, you got this. He's got my little girl. He's got the healing already for her. He's got this. I'm leaving that up to God because he said... If I don't doubt in my heart, but believe what I say will come to pass, it will be done. Now watch what he says. Then he adds to it. 
Therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask in prayer, believe that you have received and it will be yours. He's talking about the kind of faith, the kind of faith that you act like it's already happened. You got to have a strong desire, a, a strong want to, a strong belief that something's going to happen. That's what expectation is. I, I, back in 1991, my wife and I were preaching in South Bend, Indiana, but we were living in Appleton, Wisconsin. We were on staff at a church there, and I had preached a weekend services in South Bend. And then we Sunday night we left after the Sunday night service. Remember the days of Sunday night service? Amen. Yeah. Okay. And uh, we. Um, we drove, we were driving back. It was about a six-hour drive to Appleton. Appleton's up by Green Bay, Wisconsin. Cold. Oh, dear God. It was wintertime. Well, I slept. I was tired. She was driving. Our daughter, Sierra, was just a two years old. She's just a little girl. And uh, she's in the car seat in the back. We had a 1987 red Nissan Sport Coupe. We go up the toll road up to Chicago, around Chicago on the bypass, up to Racing, Wisconsin, into Milwaukee, and then we would take 41 North up to Appleton, Wisconsin. Real simple. I fell asleep somewhere outside Chicago, and she's driving, and we, all of a sudden she wakes me up. We're outside Milwaukee, Wisconsin, and we are on a two-lane road that I've never seen before. There is... Farmland everywhere and a farmhouse in the, in the back. And it's, it's about 1.30 in the morning. And she says, we, she said, we're almost out of gas. And I said, well, well, why didn't you get gas at a gas station? She said, well, I was looking for the best price. Thank God for wives like that, right? And she said, I thought we would come to another gas station. And, and I said, okay, well, let's just keep on driving. Let's see what happens. And all of a sudden, not five minutes later, the car starts to chug. And then it stalls. We pull off the side. We, she pulls off the side of the road. I'm mad. I'm like, this is nuts. It's, it's after 1.30 in the morning. And you passed gas stations in Chicago and Racine and Milwaukee. And now we're out of gas. You know, because we push the limit. I still push the limit on the gas thing. I wait till the light gets on. My dad's an old timer. He reaches half tank. He's at the gas station filling up. He does that so he said, I don't have to live like you, living like faith. Oh, how many pray their way to the gas station? Dear God, get me. Well, at least I got, when the light goes on, I know I got 20 miles. Right? Some of us. Well, that was her. And, she, and so we get in an argument. I get upset. I get mad. And she starts crying. I get out of the car and I'm like, what are we going to do? And I'm trying to figure out. It's snowing. There's no gas in the car. There's a, there's a, I'm sure a farmer, if I go knock on his door at 2 o'clock in the morning, he's going to come out with a shotgun, Remington 1100, I'm sure, you know. And so I didn't. And so all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit spoke to my heart and said, aren't you a man of faith? Didn't you preach faith? I'm thinking, oh, God, yeah, it works for everybody else, you know. He said, believe that I can do this. And so he said, get in the car, apologize to your wife. And so I said, I'm sorry, babe. I, I'm sorry for getting upset. I'm sorry for yelling at you. I said, the Lord wants us to pray. And I went to grab her hand. She said, I'm not holding your hand. You know, it takes women a little bit longer to get over things than guys. <laughs> you, you know, I'm like, it's getting cold. We may have to make out to keep warm. You know what I'm saying? 
<laughs> yeah, that ain't happening, right? You got mad at me. Okay? And, and so I said, okay. And so the Holy Spirit said, speak my word. So all of a sudden I quoted a Bible verse and the car started. I, qu- I quoted another Bible verse. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that's within me. Bless his holy name. Forget not his benefits, who heals all kinds of diseases and redeems my life from destruction. And I put it in gear and I start to drive, Pastor. And I'm driving down the road. I'm quoting every Bible verse I could think of. If you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that God raised Christ from the dead, you will be saved. And on the day of Pentecost, it was fully come. They were one mind, one accord. Suddenly there came a sound from heaven as a rushing mighty wind and filled all the house where they were sitting. Repent and be baptized. I mean, I was, repent and be converted. I was, I was like, Jesus wept like 11 times, you know. Jesus wept, Jesus wept. I'm speaking the word. We're going five miles, six miles, seven miles. I'm like, honey, help me. I was a Bible quizzer back in the day. Come on, help me. Quote some verses. We're speaking God's word, and we're driving with no gas in the car. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him, and without Him not anything was made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men, and the light shines in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. There was a man sent from God whose name was John, who wasn't that light, but was called to bear witness of that light. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld its glory. Listen, I'm I'm speaking the Word, and we're going 10 miles, 11 miles, 12 miles, 13 miles, 14 miles, 15 miles. He giveth power to the faint, and to them that have no might, he increases strength. Even the youth shall faint and grow weary, and the young men shall utterly fall. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not grow weary. They shall walk and not faint. I am speaking every verse that I could know. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was without form and void, and some darkness covered the face of the deep. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. I'm speaking the word of God. All of a sudden, at 19 miles, the Holy Spirit says, I want you to turn right. I look up, and there's a dirt road between two cornfields. I saw a movie back in the early, late 80s. So you all know what I'm talking about too, right? I'm like, God, it's a corn, two cornfields with a dirt road. There going to be children come out of that cornfield. <laughs> I'm not one to meet Malachi. Uh-uh. And so uh, Trisha says, what are you doing? I said, God said to turn. I get this impression to turn right. She goes, it's a dirt road, two cornfields. Where are we, we going to go? And I'm like, I don't know. I drove one mile. Down that dirt road, two cornfields, and there was the biggest paved, lit up Shell gas station I'd ever seen. Right there, I thought to myself, boy, that is an odd place to put a Shell gas station. But hey, so we pull in, there's no other vehicles, it's lit up. I, put, I fill the car up with gas. I think it was like eight or ten dollars to fill up. Isn't that amazing? Who says we don't want to go back to the past? Fill up my car. I go in. It was the doors that, like Star Trek, opened up. I walk in, went, and it was, and I walk in, and I, I, I look at the whole store, normal Shell gas station store with, like, a food mart. I look back in the back. There's where the coolers were. I got to go get me uh, Mountain Dew, okay? So I'm going back. I'm getting a Mountain Dew. I look, and there's nobody in there. There's no 
patrons. There's nobody working. So I go, I open the door, get the Mountain Dew. I, when I turn around, there's a guy sitting on the counter with his elbow on the cash register. He had blonde hair, blue eyes, and a blonde beard and mustache. Kind of good looking like me. No. He had a flannel shirt on, red, with jeans and cowboy boots. Okay? Some about a redneck, right? And um, he, he jumps off the counter with a smile on his face. And, I, and he startled me. I'm like, oh, dear God, you scared me. He said, well, and he smiled and he said, didn't mean to do that. He goes behind the counter and he's pressing the cash register and it opens up and then he sh- uh, shuts it. And I say, well, man, um, I got gas and it was this much and I wanted this Mountain Dew. And he said, it's taken care of. I said, huh? He said, yeah, it's taken care of. I said, really? And he said, yeah. And he's smiling the whole time. And, he, and I said, well, God bless you. And he said, he has. And then he says this, that's why we're here. I still don't get it. It's two o'clock in the morning. I'm blonde. And I said, well, I ran out of gas about 20 miles back. And I said, if I told you how I got here, you wouldn't believe it. He said, oh, yes, I would. That's why we're here. I said, oh, yeah. I said, man, I thank God that you're here, man. I'm telling you, it's it's just amazing. He said, I'm telling you, there's no charge. Smiled. He said, don't ever forget this. And he said, tell everybody whether they believe you or not. And I'm thinking, what, would I, what am I going to tell people? What do you mean tell people whether I believe them or not, Pastor? I don't, I got gas and I got a Mountain Dew. What's there, what's there to tell, right? I still don't get it until I walk out the door. It opened, I stake one step foot out and I, it hit me. The presence of God just came on me. I started crying because I knew what just happened. And most people don't believe this. They believe what's on TV. But when it's reality, we, want, we struggle with it. I just had a visitation with an angel. And let me tell you why I had a visitation with the angel. Because the Bible says those happen. You minister to angels unaware, okay? And so all of a sudden, I'm like, I got to go back and say something to this guy. I go back in, and he's gone. I said, hello, hello, nothing, gone. So I walk back out, I'm crying, I'm overwhelmed. You know, not only am I, because I'm Pentecostal, I'm Hungarian, I'm emotional, I I do that. And and, and Trisha goes, what's wrong, what happened? I said, honey, that ain't there. She said, what do you mean? I said, said, that ain't there. I said, I just had a visit with an angel. I said, God loves us so much that he, acted, he, he said, if we can believe all things are possible, he knew we needed gas in our car. He knew we needed to get home. He put a gas station in the middle of a, two cornfields on a dirt road in the middle of Wisconsin for you and me to let us know that he will always provide for us. He will always take care of us. If we, if we have faith, if we believe, she starts crying, we drove away. Found out we were about 20 minutes, a half hour, I think, from Appleton. We ended up driving back to that, that area about a, a month later. Found the road, but didn't find the gas station. Because we're critical thinkers. We are. My wife and I are both analytical thinkers and stuff. And we're like, we can go back and find this. You know, because it just may have been us. No. 
I'm not going to try to prove it. I don't apologize for this. I tell you this story for this reason. Believe impossible things are possible. And if God can put gas in my car based on his word and then put a gas station in the middle of a cornfield by a dirt road and not even charge us and give me a free Mountain Dew, he is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all which you ask or even think. He can do it. What are you up against today? What are you believing God for today? What are you dreaming about? What are your hopes? What do you want God to do? Because he can do the impossible. That's how powerful the faith that he put on the inside of you is. That power is working in every person in this room today. And then my last point is this. My last point is simply this. God makes extraordinary promises about what he does when we simply ask. Hey, thanks for listening today. And maybe you're out there and maybe you feel far from God today. Maybe life has thrown you a curveball. You've taken some wrong turns. You've messed up. I'm here to tell you about God's love for your life. You know, it's real and it's for you. And and no matter what you've done, no matter where you've gone, God is there. His love is unconditional. And, and the Bible says that if you just confess with your mouth, believe in your heart, you're saved. And I'm going to lead you through a prayer. And I just believe that if you say this prayer, mean it with your heart, the Bible says you're saved. And I want to encourage you to tell somebody about this decision. But just wherever you're at, just say, God, I ask you to forgive me of my sins. Come into my life. Change me. In Jesus' name. It's simple as that. And I encourage you, find a good local church. If If you can get to Fuel Church, get here. God is moving. God is doing some great things in the lives and families of the people that come here. But find a good church where you can grow in God. Until next time, God bless you. Have a great week.